Now today's message is entitled, The Gospel of Hard Work. I want to take you into a scripture in the 20th chapter of Matthew that is a story that as I read it, if you've never read this before, before I get through, it's not that lengthy a story, but before I get through, you'll be identifying maybe with somebody in this story. And uh, you might be saying things like, well, I don't blame him. I'd have felt the same way if I'd have been this guy. But I want you to see a most unusual story about laboring, working, working for somebody else. I want you to also see it as it ties into what Jesus is really teaching in this story. So we're going to start here. I'm going to share with you about six things that I want you to Try to keep in mind for a long time to come. And then I'll come back to the story as I conclude for you to see how God looks at us. And how we don't work for him, but we are the beneficiaries of his wonderful, marvelous, amazing grace. And that will all unfold in this most profound story. Out of respect to the reading of the scriptures, would you please stand with me? I will read to you the first 16 verses of the 20th chapter of the gospel according to St. Matthew. For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, I'll give you. And they went their way. Again he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, and he did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and he found others standing idle. And said unto them, Why stand you here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man has hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall you receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. And when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Did not you agree with me for a penny? Take that that thine is and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last. For many will be called, but few chosen. May God bless the reading of his word. Now I want you to think with me for just a moment about that story. You'll notice it starts off very clearly that we're talking about the kingdom of heaven. 
God is using a story here, and the story is being told in Matthew about a situation where someone makes agree, I'll work for you for so much money, and they go and they begin the work that day, but the the one doing the hiring, he goes out later in the day and he hires a, and says someone else, why don't you have a job? Why don't you come on over here and work? And I'll do what's right. And then three hours later. And then again on the 11th hour, the last person comes and only works for just a little while. They must have been working 12-hour days back in those days and uh, in, in the illustration. And so they work only one, the others have worked 12, and they all get paid the same thing because the one doing the hiring makes a decision as to how he's going to pay people and how he's going to reward people. And he's tying this into a profound truth that every person needs to understand about the grace and the goodness of God. But by the same token, I want you to look at some scripture with me this morning on this Labor Day weekend. We're living in a day where there's a lots of things being done that no doubt break the heart of God. There are things, there are things today where people have left the thinking of God's word and have begun to adapt the mentality of the generation. And as a result of that, not good things are happening. There are some things in scripture that are indisputable. And that, first of all, is that God is pleased when he sees us working. Work is what Jesus came here and did. Work started in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve were put in this gorgeous place, and they were the inheritors of all that God had created... And God puts them there and he says, now I want you to go in the landscaping business. I want you to take care of this. I have given it to you and I made it. You're going to work here. And if you're going to, if you're going to please me, you're going to work. God's word is filled from Old Testament to the New Testament that God always takes pleasure in seeing people as they used to say back in olden days, leave the woodpile higher than you find it. What that means is that whatever you get, leave it better than what you found it. If you rent an apartment, it ought to look better when you leave that apartment than it did when you rented that apartment. When you buy a new house, your yard ought to look better and that property ought to look better than it did when you got in it. When you buy a used car, that car ought to be made to look better than it did when you got it. That would be the, the illustration of what we're talking about. Leave things better than you found them. Now, Matthew 10.10 10 says the workman is worthy of his hire. Luke 10.7 says the laborer is worthy of his hire. 1 Timothy 5.18 says the laborer is worthy of his hire. Colossians 4.1 Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Look what, what is said in John 5, 17 by Jesus. My father worked here too, hitherto, and I work. John 9, 4. I must work the works of him that sent me. The point these scriptures make is that God is always pleased when he looks down 
and sees a person working. Some work for pay, others work as maybe a, a mother in a home that chooses to stay home with her children and work and have to be everything from a doctor to electrician to a plumber to a laundrier to a buyer to you name it, she does it all. There's not money given, but there are blessings given that are unbelievable. Children are so impressionable. As Glenn Little baptized a little boy a while ago. Let me tell you the story behind that. Glenn works in our, in our children's ministry. This little guy wanted him to baptize him because he had made an incredible impression on his life. And Glenn is given permission to do that by the authority of our church. So, in looking at all of this, we, we come back and we say, all right. Now, God is pleased when he sees us working. He doesn't have any sympathy for loafing. He does tell us to rest, but not loaf, not be lazy, not to sit back on, and just say, I'm going to do as little as I can, and I hope I enjoy my life. I'm here to tell you, you are not going to enjoy your life. You're going to spend your life believing that people owe you more than you're getting. That's where you're going to spend your whole life. You're always going to feel like I'm entitled to more stuff than I'm getting and I deserve better. Just like these guys in this story. So there's six things I want you to know for sure. Number one, God expects all of us that are have healthy minds and healthy bodies to work. Either for pay or for free, but to work and not be loafers. Now, God's word also says we're to take care of the widows, the orphans, the hungry, the halt, the maimed, the blind, that we are to pour our life out to people. In our early service today, a beautiful lady by the name of Lori Wilson. I met Lori at the South Belt Leader Christmas when she and her three children, two boys and one daughter, with no job, she was bringing things to help other people to have a good Christmas. I met her there, was introduced to her. I found out from Marie Fleckinger that the family, that her family had probably greater needs or as great a needs as anybody she was there to help. And our church was able to help them during Christmas. Had not even seen her until two weeks ago. She came to our church one Sunday. She gave her heart to Christ and her and her oldest daughter were baptized a while ago. Because here is a lady that says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I'm going to give it. And she set an example for us. She was saying, I'm not going to sit back and have the old me's. I am going to do what I can do with what I have and leave the results for, to God. And God met their needs at Christmas. And God has certainly met the spiritual needs of this family in recent days. Listen to what Genesis 3.19 says. In the sweat of your face, you will eat bread. That was the word to Adam. Exodus 29. Six days shalt thou labor and do all of your work. Let me ask you a question before I read another scripture. How many of you go out and look for a job and say, I just want to make sure before I apply for this, you are going to let me work six days, aren't you? How many of you are a member of a union and that's one of their platform is that we just want to have a six-day work week? Probably not very many. Now, here's the point of that. If you want to get by with as little as you can throughout your life, that's your choice. But see, Jesus gave everything in order that you and I can enjoy eternal life. He gave his own life. Whenever we come to that point in our life and we just throw scriptures out, listen to Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. 
For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. Now you want to get a strong scripture from 2 Thessalonians, 3rd chapter, 10th verse. If any will not work, neither shall they eat. I didn't say that. I'm just delivering you the message. God expects healthy people to work. And to look for opportunities to leave the woodpile higher than you find it. To make things better than you received them. Second thing. Everybody has some gift or some ability that is as good as there is on the planet. And what your job is to find what that is. And here's what God's will is for your life. Where what you have to offer our world meets the needs of our world, that's where God's plan is for your life. Wherever that is, wherever that is, that you go out and you look. How many times do we come to this, this situation? First of all, you, you've got to know who you are. You have to know who you are. There are texts that you can take. I know about the Taylor Johnson test and all that, and they, they can be of help. But you've got to stop and say, who am I? Be honest with yourself. Look in the mirror and say, who am I? Most people, you know, when it comes to job, somebody else creates a job and then you go and look for the job that they created. You know there's an alternative to that? An alternative is to come up with something this world needs and devote your life to it and see what happens. There's guys like Steve Jobs that you may have heard of, Bill Gates, people like that. They decided that they wouldn't get in the fraternity and get drunk, but they would just kind of get out and do something a little bit different. They found a need, and they met that need. You ever think about anything like that? What's the world need? What could you do? I can tell you an example real quickly. How many of you... No, I know this. All of you wear shoes. (laughs) All right? Most everybody knows what a shoe shine is. With all the feet and all of America, all the shoes and all America, go down the mall and look at all the shoes. My question is, who's going to shine them? If you're not a member of a country club or go to the rodeo once a year, where are you going to get a shoe shine? Oh, you think I'm going to shine shoes? You sound like Peter saying, you think I'm going to wash somebody else's feet? You think I'm going to humble and stoop to that? God might make you a millionaire shining shoes. You get enough people shining them for you. You know, you could have a a deal all over America, whatever. But see, you've got to say there's more than you do it and I'll try to get in on it if you'll negotiate with me and say, God, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's for the heroes of the Bible. Lord, what do you want me to do? Show it to me. I want to work. I don't want to sit in this lazy boy rocker. Nor do I want to put my feet in that other one I got for a penny when I bought this one full price. I want to work. I enjoy work. I enjoy doing things to help other people. I can look out in my neighborhood and I can see people that are struggling. I could help them. I could mow their grass. I might wash their car. I might fix the flat. I might do whatever. I will humble myself under the mighty hand of God and in due time, God will exalt me. Rather than I'm looking only for income. You will never be happy if all you work for is money. Money is a deceiver. What you got to do is say, God, use me. Use me. I was driving by a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place two days ago. 
I mean, it is gorgeous. I saw a person sweeping off the pier behind the house of this gorgeous, gorgeous house. They happened to have a little cottage on the property of this magnificent house. I thought, now, boy, that's a way to live in a place like this. Somebody else is paying the bill. Somebody else is furnishing the house. There's the fishing pier. There's the fishing boat. And you just good to go along and enjoy it. You know, this is better than having a paying job, you know. And it's just fun to get out and see God using your life. God, make me a servant like David and Solomon. And all the times when David came in and played his harp just to calm down the king and one day he becomes king. Those things happen all the time. All the time. Let me tell you something else. Or let's, let me give you scripture. Each of us are different. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Let me tell you number three. All work. All work is accompanied by dignity. All is accompanied by dignity. Any person, any person that works is worthy of praise. Any person that gets out in this heat and works, it doesn't matter whether they're digging ditches or whatever it is, that's an honorable thing if you do it to the glory of God and you do it to help people's lives. There is not this dig, oh, I wish I could be up here. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time God will exalt you. When we look around and we see Ecclesiastes 5.12 says, The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eats much or little. He just says, working people have a peace. They can sleep at night. They help make some money for the company today. You know, a lot of people, when people hire you, they are looking for somebody to come into their company and to make it a better company. You may just say, oh, I'm just looking for a job. But you know, they have a way to tell whether or not that you... See, if the company makes money, then you should make money. Do you ever listen to your voicemail? Have you ever gone somewhere and called yourself? If you don't have a job? What does it sound like? Yep. Nope. All right. All right. Boy, that's the kind of guy I want to hire. I just wanted to call and just tell you I had a job for you, but I think I'll call somebody else. I mean, you need to sound like Mr. Wonderful or Miss Wonderful on your cell phone. I mean, you need to sound like somebody that cares about people. Somebody that respects people. Somebody that's not wanting you to be cool, but somebody that wants you to be a servant. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for calling. I'm so sorry that I missed you. Please call back. Your call is important to me. I'm telling you what, that'll get you a lot more interviews than a yep, 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 yep. <laughs> or please listen to the music and go deaf while I, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you, number four, Christians should excel as employers and employees. You ought to excel. People ought to want to hire you because you're a Christian because they say this person is a follower of Jesus Christ who's taught them how to work, how to be a servant, how to humble themselves, how to make other people a success. That's what they, they should be looking for. 
Christian people should not be the lazy loafers, cheat the company, lie about being sick and staying home because every single month you get a sick leave and you take it whether you're sick or not because you've got it coming to you and you think nobody knows that. Oh, yes, they do. Everybody that's in the hiring department knows that. You can only bury your grandmother one time. They keep up with that, all right? And all of this kind of stuff, you know, we're going to leave at 4.30. It's time to start packing our purse. It's 4.15, you know. And sit out in your car at two minutes to eight because you just might, God forbid, get there two minutes early. My brother-in-law impressed me so much when I was younger and dating his sister and he was working for Kroger. He'd get up and work out. I think Benny got about four o'clock in the morning. He'd get out and work out and then be up in the company two or three hours before anybody that worked for him ever got there. I'm telling you, that says something about what life is supposed to be about. And there's not many of those kind of folks left anymore. Every single Christian ought to excel. I remember the first time I got a job on the Houston Ship Channel. I will not tell you the name of the company. It is not there any longer. But I worked for a man that was the, the laziest. He was our he was the foreman of our shift. He was the laziest, most arrogant, obnoxious, cheap the company guy I ever saw. And I was just a, a, a teenager. I could not believe this guy. Matter of fact, I went to him and tried to witness to him in order that he might consider giving his heart to Jesus Christ, to which he responded, I'll have you to know that I'm a deacon. I am the chairman of the deacons of a local church in Pasadena, Texas. Now, you think that man had any influence for the cause of Christ in my life or anybody else's life? Of course not. Of course not. A Christian should not be a part of anything that steals from a company or are you low for anything? You ought to be the leader. You ought to say, come on, guys. Let me tell you, when I was about 1975, I went to Hammond, Indiana. Jack Hiles was alive. He was pastor of a church there in Hammond. 5,000 people. They had 200 buses. They had a college. People came back college from everywhere. Every student that came to Hiles Anderson College got a job. Everyone in Hammond, Indiana. They were, the businesses were standing in line to hire those students. They would hire them and pay their way through school. The, the, Businesses would. Why? Because the school taught those kids, if you, if we get you a job, you go to work. And you work and you represent our Lord and this school well. If you are fired for being dishonest or lazy, we will not put you on probation. We will put you on an airplane and send you back to your parents. Now, that was their rule. Oh, boy, I tell you what, I'd file a grievance on that. I'm sure that's our generation. But let me tell you something. Every working kid got a job. Every working kid got their way paid through college. And every company wanted to hire somebody from Howells Anderson College because they knew they're going to come here and they're going to give more. They're going to be second-mile workers. They're going to give far more than was ever asked of them. That is the ethic that Jesus taught. He said, I will reward you according to your willingness to work and do what I've asked you to do. Colossians 3.17 And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Ecclesiastes 9.10 Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Number five. The rewards will come both here and in, and in eternity. First Corinthians 15.58 Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. 
immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. First Thessalonians 4.11, listen to this, and that you study to be quiet and do your own business and to work with your own hands as we command you, that you may walk honestly towards them that are without and that you may have light of nothing. You see, the teaching here of Paul was you go out and work, you give your best, you trust God to take care of you, and when you are struggling and cannot make it, God will see to it that there are those that come to help you and to reward you for your faithfulness. There are rewards here and there are rewards in eternity. Every one of us need to look at this story and realize God says anybody that says, I will do what I've given an opportunity to do will be rewarded. The last thing. Labor is to be followed by a time of rest. That's what we're here for today. Everybody needs a day of rest, even Jesus. Now, what does rest mean? That means just sleep all day? Not necessarily. But it does mean just let go and let God. Just, just, just say, you know, Lord, I thank you. I've got a job. I thank you, Father, for my health. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for this. I thank you for that. But dear God... I want you to know that I realize that every good and every perfect gift comes down from you. And Father, I thank you that you've opened some doors for me. You see, if you had time, those of you that are really struggling, man, we want to help you. I wish you'd call every day to Helping Hands and see what's new, what's new. They come in all the time over there, Dr. Hastings. I mean, just, just don't say, well, I called three weeks ago. You know, fill out applications every time you can. But we need to stop today and understand there needs to be a day of rest when you just let go and let God. When you come into worship, one of the reasons we have this, this eight minutes in the beginning to we try to just be still in here and have a time of worship with no disturbance is for you just to take a three deep breath and just be reminded, he's God, you're not. He's still in control. He will, he will do what he said he would do. And he understands what you're going through. If you were to let me take you by the hand, I could walk you through the stage of my church family and give you story after story after story after story after story after story of people that have lost their jobs in this church only to find God's will for their life. If they wouldn't have lost their job, they'd still be doing what they were doing 25 years ago. But God change their direction by slamming a door. And now, instead of working for somebody else, they have many, many employees. Instead of just trying to get along and just 8, eight o'clock, 40-hour week, all this kind of thing, they just, Lord, what would you have me to do? Some of them started new companies. In fact, all of them did that I'm thinking of right now. A whole bunch of them. They'd gotten out there, they'd learned how to do things, and they said, when they lost their job, I'm going to try. And thank God for the United States of America, they had an opportunity to do so. But there's not a person here today that God doesn't love. Now, I've got to close all this, but let me tell you something real quickly. God has a plan for your life. 
Now, you may not have got on it. You may be 50 years old, still hadn't got in on it. Let me tell you something. God will do for you exactly what he did in this story. If you'll say, yes, Lord, I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to humble myself and do this, although I'm so much more educated. Have you ever heard that word, they're overqualified for a job? How in the world do you get overqualified for a job? But say, God, I just want to do it. I just want to do it. I want to say to all you guys that work outdoors, I've had a renewed, I mean, when I worked down on the ship channel in that 100 degree weather, you know, I was 18 years old, man. I was tough as, I'm not 18 anymore. And our neighbor had a, a, a serious situation in her home. And Beth and, and Linda are friends, and, and we wanted just to do something. God laid it on Beth's heart, and she laid the hoe in my hand. And... Um, <laughs> So I went and got one of these big picks last Thursday and got out in grass that was tall as this platform. And I hadn't been out there doing that kind of thing in a long time. I went through six zeros, and I don't mean Cokes, I mean them, them energy drinks, you know, man. I was popping that Gatorade, you know, like an alcoholic. <laughs> Three bottles of water. And... Uh, you could wring water out of my clothes, every garment on my body. And I was reminded, you know, a laborer is worthy of his hire. But you know what? Even though my arms had got to cramping like this, and I used to be mocking here in our church, he came over, he used to live in, in Zimbabwe, and he was helping Barbara Woosley put in a, a dishwasher this week, one of our widows. He said, as soon as I get through, Pastor John, I'll come over there and help you. So he comes over there. Well, by that time, my arms are like this. They won't, they won't go like that, you know. So he said, he said, go in there and get you two, two teaspoons of sugar and two teaspoons of salt and pour it in a glass and drink it. Whew, man, that's not a good drink. <laughs> but it works. It works. Here's what I'm telling you. I felt good Thursday night. Not physically good, really, but in a way I did. I didn't wake up all night. You're talking about a good night's sleep. That came back alive to me. I'm not bragging on me. Here's what I'm telling you. Don't you ever underestimate the, the rewards that come from an honest day's work. And then leave the pay up to God. Leave the pay up to God. He has a way. He has a way of just doing things for his kids. You're his heir. You're more than a sinner saved by grace. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Now, here's the way I want to close. You may be 50 years old. You had not gotten into the family yet. You want in? You can come in. Whosoever will may come and become an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You can become a child of God today. He'll forgive and forget everything in your past. And you can have a brand new life. I want to invite you to do that. I want to invite you to find out what God's up to and get in on it. I want you to find out once again the joy that came to families back years ago. Went out in the fields. Children working together. Families working together. Those were special times. And many people look back on those times and say, boy, our family was so close. And people come down to church on Sunday. And I remember when Beth and I first started in the ministry, our first church was in Hopkins County, Texas. 
And every time it rained, every time it rained, Clarence Dixon, one of the dairymen, would get up. And every time it rained, we sang showers of blessings. Every Sunday. I, I mean, he just would lead us. And then, then when the sun would come out after the ground got wet, we'd sing heavenly sunshine. But those were good days. They were good days because nobody went without. If one hurted, if one hurt, everybody helped. And if one rejoiced, everybody rejoiced. Hear me. God loves to see his folks work. That's the reason we give you an opportunity here. There's over a thousand jobs right here in this church. You say, well, they pay. Great retirement program. Great retirement program. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. The people of this church do not hurt if they're faithful. Their needs are met. Because that's the kind of God we serve. So I want you to go away from here today. Some will be mad, some will be glad. But here's what I want you to know. God loves you. And he wants you to stay busy about the Father's business because the night comes when nobody can work. But remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Whatever you do today, you might go out and you cut your grass today, but have fun doing it. Have fun doing it. Just have a big old grass fight before it's over with. Do whatever. But just enjoy life. And life is about others. God saw it that way. He saw us and sent his son Jesus to die for us. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I want you to think for just a moment. If you're of healthy body, sound mind, thank God for that. As you walk across this campus today, you will see a lot of needs. There'll be some on walkers, some in wheelchairs, some that cannot see, some that cannot hear. There's some that are really, really struggling. Daddy's left. He was a breadwinner. He's gone. Mom is trying. The church surrounds in love and says, Lord, what would you have us to do? If you're here today, you don't know the Lord. You may be in your 50th year, 60th year, 70th year. You know what? If you'll come to Jesus today, he'll give you everything that he, would, he gave to me when I was seven years old, 64 years ago. He'll do it for you. There'll be nothing that I have and have enjoyed for these years that he will not give to you as far as eternal life and purpose and self-respect to return to you the dignity of work rather than loafing laziness and believing that others need to take care of you the church is here to take care of those that are really hurting but for the world to do that or for us to expect the world to do that is not right every person here today can receive eternal life Say, well, how to do that, preacher? Very simple. Say, you need it. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, and save me. If you're a sinner, you need a Savior. If you're a sinner and you need a Savior, there's one who says, whoever calls on me, I will not cast them out. So the Savior calls on this day of rest in a house of worship. And he says, 
Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Some of you need to be reminded today of just who you are and how important you are to God. So I'm going to invite you to come and give your heart to Christ. To do it today, just to pray and ask God into your life. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, and save me. In Jesus' name.